You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk. Thank you for joining us on our podcast, It's All Dead. I'm the uh, editor-in-chief at a website called It's All Dead, and we have not done a podcast in a little while, which I apologize for. I, I get on these rolls where I'm in the zone. I've got things lined up. My life is in control, uh, or at least I, I think that my life is under control. And then everything gets crazy, and I don't do a podcast for a while. So um, I apologize for that for everybody that listens to us. Um, but we're back, and we've actually got several podcasts lined up, which I'm really excited about. But today's um, is something kind of special, and hopefully something that everybody that listens to the show regularly will enjoy. I'll get to that in just a moment, but before I do, I would be remiss not to welcome Kyle Schultz, our uh, senior editor up in Chicago. What's up? Hello, hello. Not too much. Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, this is your, is this your favorite season? Like this October, autumn, fall time? Oh yeah. I love that it's getting cooler. Everything looks pretty. It's going to be uh, festive in about a month and stay that way until January. And then the world just becomes a terrible abomination of weather for about <laughs> four months. Have you uh, done your annual apple picking event? I have not. I've been stuck in the city and I've just looked at apples and cursed them. So are you, are you going to do it though? Because this is like a, this is a big deal, right? <laughs> uh, I haven't really gotten out of the city. I'm going to go grab some pumpkins at some point in the next week or so and uh, carve them up something good. But yeah, I haven't. Very good. Th- this might be the first year I haven't actually gone apple picking for a while. Well, we are uh, closing in on a, a week now until Halloween. Are you... Are you doing anything for the holiday? Got a costume picked out? Uh, Going to scare small children? I mean, what? what well, I'm already terrifying small children, but uh, <laughs> I've got a diabolical plan to shave my beard, part my hair, and go as Dwight Schrute to work. Very cool. Well, I am excited. Halloween, as uh, lots of people know, is my favorite day of the year. So uh, very excited for our upcoming Halloween party. Uh, I've had the costume picked out since... Probably, I don't know, probably midsummer this year. So I'm very excited about it. But what I'm excited about tonight is we want to talk about uh, something that's kind of cool. So five years ago, um, well, actually, it was a little bit longer than that. I had been writing about music for quite a while, uh, pretty much almost for a decade for different websites, different magazines, uh, just kind of doing the freelance thing. And um, as my own personal actual career was uh, starting to get a little bit more serious, um, I decided that the the hustle of the freelance life was was no longer for me. And I'd always had in my back pocket this idea of my own music website and podcast. And in my head, I had always uh, called it, it's all dead. Um, And it was kind of as people that come to our website or listen to this podcast know is kind of based on the idea of uh, or just kind of a tongue-in-cheek commentary on punk is dead or hip-hop is dead. Um, just this general idea that, no, uh, music isn't dead, uh, regardless of genre, it's still impacting people's lives. And I finally just hit a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. So uh, around that time, which is, I want to say... Uh, late summer 2013, 
Um, I'd gotten to know you, Kyle, uh, fairly well through our uh, mutual employer. <laughs> and we both loved the same music. We loved talking about music, going to shows. And uh, basically, I just kind of pitched the idea to you of like, would you be interested in helping me out and kind of launching this website. I had no idea what to expect. I assumed you would say no, you did not. <laughs> and uh, in the fall of 2013, we started a website called It's All Dead. And I, I believe the actual date of our five-year anniversary is November 2nd. Um, so we're not quite there yet. We're recording this podcast a little bit early, but uh, in advance of that, we kind of wanted to do a little five-year look back at uh, It's All Dead, both um, you know the, the site itself, and uh, kind of the the music that's uh, that we've fallen in love with, and that our readers and listeners have loved over the past five years, and uh, reflect on that a little bit. So a uh, few things we're going to talk about tonight, and I think it'll be um, a fun conversation, hopefully. Um, but as, as we get into all that, um, I just kind of like laid out the the backstory. Kyle, what are your memories of you know 2013 when I first kind of brought up this idea to you? I. <clears throat> At that time, I had just moved to Chicago. I was writing for a video game website and was doing a lot of editing, wasn't quite um, writing what I wanted to do. And uh, our editor-in-chief there was just, he was okay, but kind of dropping the ball on a few things. And it made it a stressful uh, project when it should have been a lot more fun to do. And I wanted to continue writing on something that I was passionate about and uh, having trouble finding that. And then... Once you pitch this, I decided this would be a better way to go where we could actually uh, really be kind of creative and just do what we wanted without the pressures of an outside force basically screaming at me. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, a new project for to kind of take my mind off being in a new city. Yeah. And, you know, to be, you know, I, I do scream at you from time to time, but, um, you know. <laughs> I've told you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back on it, I you had, again, just moved from Indianapolis to Chicago, and part of it was also kind of keeping our, our friendship going, too. I mean, yeah. um, when I moved to Indianapolis, I didn't really know anybody, um, and you were one of the, the first people I connected with. Again, over over music, as the old story goes, uh, you had showed up late to work on a, on a Saturday, and uh, we were working sort of a call center environment at the time, and so I was getting inundated with phone calls and cursing under my breath <laughs> at this young man that I, I knew not. And you came in uh, bustling into the office um, and came by and were like, I'm so sorry I'm late and looked up and I had the Sayosin poster hanging on the wall um, by my desk. And uh, you were like, hey, sweet poster. And I immediately was like, oh, <laughs> um, I found a friend. And <laughs> and the rest was history from there. Um but yeah, it it made sense that you know as as our friendship grew, and I, I think we that uh, both 2012 and 2013 maybe we attended Warp Tour together, yeah, um, and just kind of like started going to shows together and kind of getting a, a feel for the the music we liked, and it it just made sense that both of us would work on this project together. One of the big questions I had in my mind when we started this was, where's the audience going to come from? Because, <laughs> um, it, you know. Believe it or not, there's a whole lot of music blogs out there, and uh, it, it's pretty crowded. And a lot of the places I'd written, I had there was a much larger audience. So starting from scratch and making something that nobody knew about and getting people to come to it, I really 
didn't know if it would happen at all. Not only that, but would we be able to get advances on albums? Would we be able to get into events that we wanted to cover? Would people want to come on our podcast and talk to us? And so there were all these questions and it was almost like immediate that things started working out. So I, I remember when we launched the website, um, we, only, we just had like a few articles up enough to kind of, you know, give people a few things to click on. We had like a Mayday Parade review, a day to remember. But the first show I requested to cover um, before we'd even launched the website was Taking Back Sunday. They were on a tour and Adam uh, Lazara had left the tour because his wife had had given birth and Spencer Chamberlain of Under Oath was filling in. So for me, it was kind of a cool opportunity to see the singer of my favorite band play for another band I really love. And uh, I'd worked, uh, you know, on a few things covering Taking Back Sunday before. So I reached out to him and was able to cover that show for a website that didn't exist yet. And I think it was either that first or second week that the site went live, Taking Back Sunday shared that article and drove immediately thousands of people to the website and it was one of those things of like oh wow like this could work and i remember that quick realizing this is like really awesome and also terrifying that a whole lot of people are coming to this like makeshift rickety thing that we built um do you have any early memories of kind of realizing that people might actually care about what was happening and how that felt i honestly i didn't really have that realization until earlier this year <laughs> I always kind of go under the assumption no one really cares what I'm doing so I kind of have fun with my articles and put them out just what I want to do and honestly kind of forget about it and don't pay attention maybe promote it and just let it do its thing and uh, earlier this year Under Oath was playing a secret show in Chicago that had I think 100 people in attendance something like that and it was going to be almost impossible to get tickets unless you were just waiting for hours uh, to get in on one of the coldest days of the year. And just randomly one day I mentioned it to you and you just happened to go, Oh yeah. Under Oath's uh, PR firm reached out to us and they have tickets if you want it. And I just sat there and went, they, they know who we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in. And I went to the show and I've been to some shows since then. And I've met some people who were at that show and they were talking about how they waited in line for six hours in the most miserable conditions to get in Meanwhile, I just strolled right in like nothing happened. I was like, hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, I, the the hard thing about doing a podcast like this is, you know, kind of the, the feeling of tooting your own horn. And I, as most people that know me well, know that I am uh, very much a self-deprecator. So um, I let me preface all this by saying we get a lot of things wrong. <laughs> I, I can think Very back much. over five years of a lot of things that we wrote and would have done differently. A lot of things we did with the podcast, we would have done differently all the time. Um, I am somebody who attempts to continue learning, continue listening. Um, so that being said, we uh, certainly have had our, our fair share of swings and misses. But I think one of the things that works for us and the reason that you know, we are kind of um, have the opportunities that we do is, uh, and let's be clear, Taking Back Sunday and Under Oath, you know, really don't benefit a whole lot <laughs> about, you know, it, when it's all dead covers them, right? I mean, these are, uh, we, you know, cover a lot of bands that are in, you know, Billboard, right? So um, the, the our little blog audience uh, doesn't hold that much weight. But I think one of the things that we have become appreciated for is 
our take in the way that we approach these conversations, which is an approach that says we might not have it right, uh, an approach that says we're still learning, trying to figure this out, and we are taking this art um, in the moment and doing our best to make sense of why it matters and what it's saying and how it's speaking to people. So um, again, kind of the whole crux of creating the site was built around this concept of um, music matters. Music is a big part of people's lives. You know, I've talked about my own struggles with depression and how important music has been in my life. And so we approach it as uh, journalists, but we also approach it as human beings and trying to get to the heart um, of, of what the music is about, what it's saying and how uh, it's impacting people's lives. And I think that there's been something to that that has been attractive um, to a lot of people, which has been a really cool thing. Well, I think we also tend to kind of come from it from a very positive angle. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Most of the albums we review, it's something we're passionate about, we really like, or if we find a new artist, we really want to share that with uh, not just each other, but anyone we can. And I can't think of very many instances where we have something detrimental to an artist or uh, a harsh review or anything like that. At the very least, there's always some type of silver lining we find, and we really report that if we can. Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of the heart of it. Um, certainly, we're not a, a opposed to uh, critiquing when necessary, and and certainly we've done that. But overall, you're you're dead dead on with um, kind of finding um, the light, the hope, uh, the positivity, and uh, that's definitely been kind of a, a calling card of it's all dead, and uh, it's been really cool um, to see that, uh, matter to people. Anytime somebody reaches out to us on social media, anytime somebody sends us an email, anytime somebody comments on the site, it's almost always a, uh, a cool experience just to know that like people kind of get what we're doing. Um, and so that's been really fun. So one of the things I wanted to do, um, as you know, we spend a little time reflecting here is look back on some of the music of the past five years, um, music that meant a lot to us, music that uh, we wanted to shout from the rooftops uh, because it uh, meant a lot to us and we thought it was really valuable. And I want to kind of take a look at where we stand on on some of those things now. Um, but before we do that, you know, Kyle, you have written uh, a ton. Both of us have, and we've been fortunate to bring on other writers. Um, we've had several different people contribute off and on for us, Brock Benefiel, uh, James Figge, um, and of course, Nadia, who came on at the end of last year and has just been a machine for us and cranking out uh, album reviews and features and has become a, a very core piece to um, what we're doing here. And uh, lately, Katie Baird, who's been covering events for us and doing photography. So the, the It's All Dead family has been growing and that's been a really cool thing. Um, but Kyle, for you and I, over the past five years, we've written a lot and uh, it can get taxing at times. Um, <laughs> is are there any is there anything you've written that sticks out to you or that you still think back on that you're kind of proud of, of, um, you know, what you were able to put together, whether it be an album review or a feature or something else? Because I, I can think of multiple uh, pieces that you've written that have have been uh, incredible. And I should mention in all this that, you know, if you go pound for pound, like, article for article, who's driving the most traffic to the website over the past five years, Kyle's articles have definitely been the, the biggest winners for us. So oh, thank uh, you, Mr. Schultz. Um, but yeah, do you have like one or two articles that you kind of remember or stick out in your mind? Uh, probably the one that I remember the most is my first article I wrote about Lucky Boy's Confusion. 
who are mm. my favorite Chicago band, and they'd more or less broken up and gone their separate ways, uh, you know, before years before we uh, started this. So one of the first things I did when I got the opportunity is I wrote about them. I wrote about, uh, you know, kind of how their sound makes me think of Chicago whole. Uh, and going to the few shows that they do put on every year, they sell out. The crowd just goes crazy for them uh, every time. And it's repeat people coming and they bring their friends and keep coming. And I wrote about that. And the next day the band, you know, reached out to us. They shared uh, that article and it really meant a lot to me that they took the time to actually look at it. And then within about a year of that, they reformed. They got back together and they've put out a new album since then. They've done some touring. And uh, I can't prove it, but I'm going to take some credit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you have been like their biggest champion too. Like I, I, I guarantee no other outlet out there has been writing about Lucky Boy's confusion like we have. And that that's a Kyle Schultz thing. So um, you're welcome, world. <laughs> Um, some of my favorites from yours are like, so early on, you know, oh, we're going to write album reviews, but oh no, we're, we, there's no albums to review right now. What else are we going to do? One of the things that we came up with, if you can't tell, we like reflecting on things. And, uh, we started <laughs> oh, that, really? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we started that reflecting on feature where we would look back at albums that came out 10 years ago and those became just a, a staple. I mean, we ran one just this morning, the Naughty wrote on, uh, Copeland's, uh, you are my sunshine. Just like a, a regular, became a regular part of um, what we do at the site. And I, I think that there's some of, I, I feel like the people that read our site really appreciate them. It seems like they um, tend to do well. And a lot of bands seem to like it, you know, that somebody's like, oh, somebody's talking about this 10 years later. Um, so it's kind of a cool thing. But I think of a couple different ones that you did. Um, the Say Anything one last year on an, In Defense of the Genre was incredible. Oh, thank um, you. And, yeah, and I also think about the Cartel Chroma one, and that's when I remember asking if you'd be interested in writing it, and you didn't seem like you really wanted to, and then you did it, and it was incredible. Um, so yeah, there's been I've, I've really every time that you kind of like look back and are able to put a, a personal touch and a personal story uh, onto an album, it always ends up turning out really great. So um, those have been fun. Oh, thank you. Um, I genuinely yeah. have no memory of the Cartel one. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's how it goes sometimes. Um, well, what I did is I went back right before we started this and we do a top 10 albums of the year, some best songs of the year. We always do these end of the year features. Um, so I decided to look back at each of the five years and we're going to, we started in November of 2013 and we did do uh, end of the year features for 2013. So I'm going from 2013 to 2017. I looked back and I pulled the album that both you and I respectively listed as the best album of the year in those years. And I want to look back and see how we feel about it now. And if we would change our opinion, um, and, you know, again, kind of this being a, a signature thing, it feels like we're always moving towards what what is the best, what is our favorite, what is like the most moving thing that we experienced in music in the course of a year. So it seems right to kind of look back at these and, and see how we feel about it now. Um, I'll start with last year and then we'll work our way back because it, it seems like... Oh, I was going to say, is it bad that I am brutally nervous about this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you better be. Oh, no. No. Um, so 
2017, uh, this one seems like the one that we would be most likely to still agree with ourselves, I feel like. Uh, for me, it was Kendrick Lamar's Damn, and I absolutely still do think that that was the best album of 2017. The What came on top for you, Kyle, was AFI's The Blood Album. Uh, what are your thoughts? I absolutely stand with that. It was one of the best punk records that came out last year. Obviously the best, because I said it was the best. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that one that one's easy. It seems like over the course of a year, you might not change your mind. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes as we move back here. 2016, I listed Frank Ocean's Blonde, um, and again, I still agree. Um, I, you know, th- this uh, uh, season of Dissect um, has focused on Frank Ocean's Blonde. Uh, just wrapped up, and it was an incredible season. And spoiler alert: we're gonna have Cole Kushner back on the podcast very soon. So look forward to that. Um, but yeah, Frank Ocean's Blonde, I still think was the best album of 2016. You listed Blink-182's California. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, still listen to California pretty regularly. And that version of Blink-182 is arguably my, still my favorite, uh, set that they've put together. I like Matt Skiba a lot and I feel like that's very fresh and I'm sticking with that one. Yeah, I just revisited that album last week and it, it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> I was looking back and it like critically wasn't like super acclaimed. Um, but I don't know. It just fe- it felt like a complete refresh of Blink-182 in like all the best mm-hmm. ways. So it's weird to me that it wasn't as beloved, I think, as you and I enjoy it. But um, looking back at the 2016 list, the the thing I feel worst about is Architects' All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. That's an album I put as an honorable mention and that really deserved to be in the top 10, although I'm, I'm trying to decide what I would have moved to put it there. But um, <laughs> anyway, 2015, uh, I had Kendrick Lamar's to pimp a butterfly and I'm three for three here. Still agree with it. And I'll say right now of the five years that we've been doing the site, I think uh, to pimp a butterfly is the best album that came out over the course of these five years. You had the wonder years, no closer to heaven. I don't know if I'd stick with that. Um, i trying to remember what all came out that year. I love The Wonder Years, and I love that album, but it's not The Wonder Years' uh, strongest effort. And it could have been something yeah. that I was just very excited to just have more from them at the time. So I, I'll, I'll question that one. Yeah. You also that year listed uh, the early November's Imbue, uh, Fall Out Boy, American Beauty, American Psycho, Noel, G- Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, uh, and Man Overboard, Heavy Love. Ooh, so. Noel Gallagher might be up there. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a 2015 was kind of a a weird year as I'm looking at it. The one I regret the most there is Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion. Uh, if we're talking about favorite as opposed to mm-hmm. best. That might be my favorite of the five years that we've been doing the site. Um, I absolutely love <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen, and uh, that album is just incredible. Um, I wish I, I, that's another one where I kind of regret not putting it into the actual top 10 on the site. Um, 2014, uh, I have Architects Lost Forever, Lost Together. I still agree with that. To my knowledge, it is one of only two albums that I've given a perfect five out of five score to in the five years we've been doing the website, and I still stand by that. Um, I do. I. It was hard because when All Our Gods Abandoned Us came out two years later, it was like this is probably a, a five out of five album, but I like Lost Forever, Lost Together 
more. So I gave all our gods four and a half out of five. Really, they both probably could have been. But yeah, Architects Lost Forever Lost Together was the best album of 2014. I'm looking at it. It was a pretty solid year, um, but that one still would be up there. Yours is interesting. And I am fascinated to see how you feel about this now. Uh, You had (laughs) Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. We don't have each other. I absolutely stick by that, probably more than anything else. Wow. Okay. So talk about that. Uh, Aaron West is one of those weird albums where when it came out, I loved it, but I kind of for a little bit. And then, um, you know, I kind of put it on the shelf, but I really enjoyed it. And he brought it the first time he was really touring. He came to Chicago and I was going to go see him. And uh, I put the album on and really delved into it again and fell in love with it even more than I had before and really went into the intricacies of it and really just listened to the dialogue that he's having uh, with other characters in the songs and everything. And it still holds up. It's still arguably one of the best things that uh, Dan Campbell's ever written. It's just, I really feel it's perfect. Cool. Um, And he's put out, has has there been another Aaron West Album no, there's been a, an EP and one additional song. Uh, allegedly, he's working on uh, LP2, okay. but uh, yeah, it's it's been quite some time. Cool. Um, yeah, this year was stacked. We had Yellow Cards Lift to Sale, uh, Against Me, Transgender Dysphoria Blues you had on there, uh, Weezer, uh, Newfound Glory, Copeland Fireworks. So yeah, 2014 was pretty solid. Uh, 2013, uh, get ready. I, I, I went five for five. I I was prepared to disagree with myself more, but really I still stand by all five of these, uh, for 2013, that first year I put let live the black is beautiful. Um, I still hold true to that. I know that there's kind of a, a division amongst people on that album, but I think it's a masterpiece. Um, and yeah, that's, that's still there for me number one for you was the wonder years the greatest generation i am not going to argue that one at all that's arguably the best wonder years album and that's i was already in love with them but uh that album really kind of set it over the top for me yeah i i think you're right i think it's the best wonder years album for sure um i also had paramore and churches on there that year childish gambino because of the internet you had a a huge year because that was the wonder years fallout boy save rock and roll saves the days self-titled uh and afi's burials i feel like holy crap all those bands are like some of your favorite bands and they all released an album in 2013 <laughs> yeah them them's busy months ahead <laughs> so the interesting thing here is that over the five years uh you know dan campbell was at the top of the list, three out of the five times, two Wonder Years albums and the Aaron West album. So I guess that would lead me to ask, you know, over the past five years that we've been doing It's All Dead, has the Wonder Years in your mind been the best slash most important band um, of of the past five years for you? I think so, at least for me, um, just seeing them develop and grow. You know, when we started, The Greatest Generation just come out and, it kind of set precedent for, uh, you know, punk rock or pop punk going forward from where we started. 
I think it's had a very profound impact on a lot of the bands, um, at least that I listen to now. And, you know, since then, the Wonder Years themselves have started evolving. They started growing and doing their own thing, going in a new direction. But we kind of started right as they uh, really changed the landscape of pop punk. Yeah, definitely. That is one of the things, you know, of, like I mentioned at the start, there's no shortage of music blogs out there. And and now, you know, a blog isn't even, I think, the primary way people consume this type of content. They'll go to YouTube, there's podcasts, there's all kinds of ways to get information about the bands and the, and the music you like. But the pop punk renaissance kind of did coincide a little bit with, uh, with It's All Dead kind of launching. Um, and there have been a, a a ton of bands I feel like we've covered, um, whether it be the wonder years, whether it be real friends, uh, as it is. I mean, there've, there've been like a, a landslide of like really solid bands that have kind of reshaped that genre a little bit, which is really great for us. That way we're not always looking behind us for the <laughs> past, but we're actually kind of covering things in the present that are really valuable. Yeah, for sure. It's a, uh, it's just been nice. Cause I remember even starting out, you know, uh, struggling a little bit to find new albums that I was really interested in trying to review. And uh, since then, I haven't really had to fight that hard anymore. Yeah. Well, that's a, so that's kind of an interesting next topic to cover because, you know, when we started, it's all dead. I mean, clearly it was a site kind of devoted to the scene, uh, sort of the pop punk, you know, post hardcore, you know, warp tour music. Well, you know, in the past five years, I know, tastes of mine have changed just like they always do warp tour is not even a thing anymore um and you know a lot of bands that we cover have grown past that into a different type of success whether it be a fallout boy or a, a paramore or a panic at the disco what's different for you music taste wise than it was five years ago like what what has evolved most about the way you consume music and, and think about music um i've noticed i'm a bit more selective and what i listen to like uh overall my tastes are pretty much the same uh for better or worse like i still prefer punk rock i prefer you know kind of the angsty shit i've been listening to since i was in high school but i appreciate a better product than i used to um i appreciate the effort of someone really trying to expand their sound or something beyond what you would just consider a generic album or digging deep for uh, lyrical topics other than just, I'm sad about my girlfriend. Like I really look for that and I take great uh, heed when I find something like that and really try to appreciate what the, uh, what the artist is going through and uh, what they're trying to say. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, again, kind of starting out, I, I, I'm trying to remember when it was I realized that I didn't want, this to be pigeonholed and we still cover a lot of music from the scene like even just looking at our five most recent articles i mean we've got me without you copeland justin pierre divorce prada i mean we're we're still covering that and i think a lot of people kind of know us for that but there was a point not too far in it might have been the second year or so where i realized that i wanted us to push ourselves and branch a little bit and part of that was, you know, just because, you know, there's all different kinds of people that are interested in reading about music. And I feel like the the content we're creating is good. So um, people should be able to find good content regardless of what they listen to. But also for me personally, you know, I, I want to make sure that we were giving um, a 
a good uh, glance and um, plenty of time devoted to hip hop, which is a genre that I've always loved. Um, it was kind of the, the first genre I fell in love with growing up and has remained a part of my life. But hip hop has become such a vital part of the cultural conversation, uh, music and otherwise, that I, I wanted us to be able to speak smartly and um, often about hip hop. And I, I feel like we've uh, worked to do that. And another piece of it for me, um, just in my own personal growth. So um, I've you know, told the story before about my, my wife and how much both of us um, love music and so much of our relationship is kind of, uh, you know, came to be around our, our shared love of music. And um, w when we met, we did a, you know, the, our, our first date, we exchanged CDs of our top 20 songs um, of all time. And a few years ago, we decided to revisit that. I think it was actually last year, maybe, or the year before, um, tried to go back, like, how would our list look now? And as we were doing it, I, it hit me how many of my top 20 songs were written and recorded by men. And I thought about the the genres that I love and the, and the scene of music that I followed for so long and how male dominated it was. And I, I remember feeling just really shitty in that <laughs> moment of like, why are there not more women in my favorite songs list? This doesn't, this isn't right. And so over the past couple of years, I've made a, a large effort to listen to more music made by women than I do by men. Um, and then write about that music as, as often as I can, um, in hopefully not a shitty male gaze way, but in the light of a man, you know, looking and learning and, and listening um, to this and trying to expand um, and, and, and grow myself in that area. And I feel like that's been a, a really kind of um, a big piece of the side too, whether it be a Carly Rae Jepsen, a Halsey, a Julian Baker, um, you know, it, it's been something that I, I feel like, you know, we've, we've gone out of our way and um, to try to have that voice there as well. So, you know, even just looking at our top albums, you know, from the first year to last year and what I'm sure this year will look like it's, it's definitely evolved and diversified itself. And I think that's a, that's a really positive thing in, in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's been one of those things where I haven't branched out nearly as much as you have, but I've kind of gotten, uh, you know, secondhand seeing what you enjoy going back and really finding something else. And then, uh, especially Julian Baker has turned into something that I absolutely love. Um, I had no idea who she was until you actually wrote the review for that. And then I went back and listened to it and it just really broke my heart in many ways. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she will do that. Um, so saying all this, you know, I asked you like the band that you feel has been most solid, um, the, 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 uh, your favorite or um, whatever over these five years. As I look at the past five years, there are three artists that stick out in my mind as being, well, gosh darn, this, yeah, I'm going to go four. <laughs> four that stick out to me as being the most important, the best, the ones that I valued and loved the most. And those four, in no particular order, are Kendrick Lamar, who in my mind is on... on his past three albums, Good Kid, Mad City, To Bim, Butterfly, and Damn, might be the best three album stretch that uh, it's up there with the best three album stretch of anyone all time, in my opinion. That's not hyperbole. I, I truly believe that. Um, so Kendrick Lamar, 
Paramore, uh, they've put out the self-titled and After Laughter, both uh, in the, the time span of our site. And I think those are their two best albums. Um, Julian Baker, who we just mentioned, she's put out two fantastic albums over the past couple of years. Um, and then finally, Architects, um, who I've mentioned before. I mean, pound for pound. I mean, they've released two albums. I mean, one, you know, if add up the stars from, from my reviews, it's nine and a half out of 10. And I have high hopes for Holy Hell as well. I mean, I, I fully expect that it might end up being my favorite album of the year. So um, I think those are the ones that kind of stick out the most for me. But um, looking ahead, you know, when we started this, I definitely wasn't thinking about having the five-year anniversary podcast because I just was not thinking it would go that far. And, you know, I think all the time about, you know, how far will it go? When is it time to stop? And, you know, seeing the the life that, you know, again, some of the new writers have, have breathed into the site and especially Nadia can't shout her out enough for all the work that she's put in and kind of building her own own audience. It, it definitely we're not going anywhere. We're going to we're going to keep doing this for a while. But as as we look ahead, if we were to look ahead over the next few years, where do you see all of this going? Where do you see your writing going? Where do you see the the music that we love going because was we mentioned like warp tour is gone um a, a lot of the core foundation of the the scene that we kind of started out with with the site is not really a thing anymore um what what does it look like to you going forward and how do you think about what music looks like for you over the next few years uh honestly i have no idea um me personally i assume i'll still be listening to punk rock i have no reason to believe that in five years time i'll my taste will have changed that much where it won't be my favorite thing still yeah. um i think you know without warp tour kind of harboring a lot of younger bands uh kind of playing the same sound and same genre and stuff um you know maybe it will be a little harder for those bands to kind of uh be up and coming but it also might really foster an exploration of sound that will evolve uh the genre to something different um, kind of the same way that like skate punk from the nineties is completely different for like a skate band today. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe it's just the next step for something like that. Uh, I don't know that much about pop or hip hop, so I can't speak on that, but, um, you know, a lot of the bands, uh, you know, we started out with and that I grew up with, they're already starting to evolve and find their new sound. And uh, I think that'll inspire younger bands to really branch out and try something new going forward as well. Yeah. It, it's crazy how much is still going, you know, I mean, when, when we started this, my favorite band under oath had called it quits. Now they're back and they've had a couple huge tours and a successful new album. Uh, you know, Paramore is, is bigger uh, than ever at this point. I mean, like all yeah. these bands just continue to evolve, continue to grow it's kind of fun to to watch that and I'm excited to continue watching it. So um, yeah, uh, as we wrap up here um, again, I want to thank you, Kyle, for putting up with me uh, over these past five <laughs> years and all my craziness, all the stuff I asked you to write about and asking you at the last minute to jump on a podcast like you did tonight. And uh, you know, the, the site certainly wouldn't be what it is uh, without your contributions. So um, thank you for, for being a part of this. It's been really cool. Well, thank you. I don't feel like I need to say it, but um, basically everything we've done up till this point is all you, buddy. Even the podcast, it's uh, mostly you. <laughs> Get in here and give me a hug. 
<laughs> I would, but you're so far away. I'm just going to punch the computer instead. One of these days, we're going to shock everybody by doing a podcast in person. That's that's the craziest thing about all this. Like, <laughs> Kyle and I do see each other. We do get to hang out. Um, we do still even go to some concerts together and drink beers together. But we still have, for all of these podcasts, and I'm going to look right now at how many podcasts we've done over uh, the past five years really quickly. It looks like we've done 56 <laughs> and crap. we've never, we've still never done one in person. So it's crazy. One of these days we're going to do it and uh, it's going to be a jolly old time. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy you used that term. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, if you listened this far, thank you for listening to us blabber about how much fun we've had over the past five years. And it goes without saying that we would not be talking about this right now if it were not for the people that are still listening to this podcast right now. So um, all the people that have ever downloaded a podcast, that have ever come to the site, that have ever shared an article on Twitter, um, that have ever sent an email to us, we are so grateful to you for giving us a reason to to keep doing this and uh, making it fun. Um, because knowing that there's people out there that that care about this um, really does make it worth our while. So thank you. Um, if you like this podcast, if you like our website, um, please, you know, come visit regularly, but also go to iTunes or open the podcast app on your smartphone and subscribe to our podcast. Um, we love doing these. We love uh, putting them out as often as we can. And um, I already mentioned one of the guests we've got coming up. I've got a couple more in my back pocket that I think are going to be really exciting. So um, stay tuned for those. We've got a, a lot of good podcasts coming through the end of this year, along with some great albums that are going to come out that we're going to write about along with all of our end of the year extravaganza features that uh, we love to do. So um, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. And uh, thank you for being a part of this for the past five years. That is going to do it. Kyle, thank you for joining tonight. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.